You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, shuffling shutterbug, shucking oysters while shushing shuffleboard shunners. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is 206. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your video conferencers vitalized by video games, video culture, and vitamins. I'm Colin. <laughs> I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Okay, to start the show, I actually have a fun fact, and I'm curious whether if you guys know. So here's my question. How many tentacles does an octopus have? Well, this sounds like a trick question. Yeah, because you would think Te- eight. Technically, you're supposed to be, say, eight. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's like six. It's like two of them are like, they're actually, there are forearms or something like that. <laughs> That's what arms. I... Yeah, I don't know. Four forearms? That's <laughs> funny. Zero. Because octopus have arms. Ah. Have arms oh. and tentacles are two different types of appendages. Huh. An arm has suction cups all along the the limb Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then uh, a tentacle has suction cups near the end of the limb oh okay so like a squid has tentacles and then an octopus that is like all the cups everywhere uh their arms i i remember um there was this ad fail like international ad fail about octopuses and it was like a deodorant company was like oh look you know the octopus is putting deodorant under all its arms but in japan i think they're called legs and so it was like uh, <laughs> deodorant under your legs. right well, yeah. you can there's just uh, no reason to and it would probably it just have looks really real bad weird. side effects yeah <laughs> Yeah, keep all the parts fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, who's smelling there? <laughs> all right. Well, without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Here, I've selected a random trivial pursuit card. Oh, I better not show that to the camera because those are the <laughs> <answers>. um, <laughs> And you guys have your barnyard buzzers ready. Listeners, play along. Here we go. Blue Wedge for Geography. What is the national dish of Scotland? Uh, that was Chris. Haggis. Uh, yeah, Correct. I, yeah, no, I guess that's haggis. it. Here, the card says, a mix of sheep innards. Oh, I thought it said cats. It's oats. Well, <laughs> my, eyes, <laughs> my eyes were swimming for a minute. I was like, sheep innards and cats. I was like, oh, okay. Sheep innards, oats. And spices shoved into sheep stomach like a crazy hot dog. That literally is what is that the what card is. That what it says oh, on the card? Yeah, a crazy hot dog. Huh. I mean, was, what do they think's in a normal hot dog? Feels <laughs> like not true. so far away from. I keep thinking that organs will taste better as I get older, mm. and it just doesn't. <laughs> when I was a kid, I'm like, oh yeah, this stuff is like adult stuff. I'll I'll learn to like it when I'm an adult. Can't do it. I mean, they do say that your taste buds lose sensitivity as you get older. (laughs) So maybe there is, there's hope yet. All right. Pink wedge for pop culture. 
For which cartoon character was Mel Blanc doing the voiceover while routinely spitting out carrot bites? <laughs> Colin. Bugs Bunny. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, says here a spittoon was a permanent fixture in Mel's studio. Uh, Yellow Wedge, which toy's packaging once boasted, throw it indoors. You can't damage lamps or break windows. You can't hurt babies or old people. <laughs> <laughs> Dana. Is it Nerf? It is Nerf. It says Nerf ball. (laughs) What was the last one? You can't hurt babies or old people? Yeah. Okay. It feels like a challenge, doesn't it? Exactly. exactly. All right. Purple Wedge. Who is the author of a tale of children deeply down on their luck, aptly named a series of unfortunate events? That was Chris. Uh, Lemony Snicket. AKA, Correct. I believe, I believe mm-hmm. Daniel Handler is the guy's real name. Wow. Yeah. Yes. You He's guys from San Francisco. Yeah. Oh. Green Wedge. Which name was chosen by popular vote for Britain's newly constructed polar research vessel in 2016? It's Bodie McBoatface. Yeah. <laughs> and they renamed Just, it. Good. They didn't. You know, I, really? I don't, Are you anti Bodie McBoatface? I'm anti-ballot box stuffing for internet. It seems against the spirit to me. Yeah, I am. I'm an old man. We would not know the name <laughs> at all or that it exists if they didn't do that. It's That's true. true. It's marketing. It was a marketing thing and it works. It's true. It's well, true. do you know what it got changed to? Oh, no. Sir Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you, you had me there. Uh, uh, Sir David Attenborough. Oh, okay. That's okay. a good one. You know what I don't like about it is that now every time there's anything that's internet crowdsourced, they have to like weed out the blanky McBlank submissions. Face. Like it's yeah, because Colin, you're gonna have to add uh, opinions my own to your Twitter. <laughs> <bio>. <laughs> <laughs> we, retweets are not endorsed. <laughs> okay. Uh. Karen, you're my manager at Good Job Brain, so you're going to be getting some complaints. <laughs> well, the number one complaint is you can't say basketball. You can't pronounce basketball correctly. Basketball. I'll just say hoops. Yeah, hoops. <laughs> Real With street. With a Z. <laughs> All right, last question. Last wedge, orange wedge. In the Tour de France, which jersey does the writer dubbed King of the Mountains wear? Oh, so we know yellow is. Oh man, they have there's half a one. dozen of these. Yeah, yeah they have like oh man, a white one. Does it? Does it? Oh, okay. Sorry. Ooh. Is it gold? No. <laughs> okay. Does it say which or what color? It says which jersey does the writer dubbed King of the Mountains wear? That's a good clarification. That's a good Yeah. Okay, question. that actually clues Colin. me. I feel a lot more confident. Is it the polka dotted one? Is it like yes! polka dot? Yeah. Really? They have a lot of cool little sub, you know, they're like side quests when you're doing the overall tour. It's like they have like time trials and the best climber. And so like you can do these little, you know, sort of mini achievements. Um, and that's one of them. Yeah. King of the King of the Mountains. Superlatives. Yeah. This is why you have a sports guy in your trivia team. Every day. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, I gotta start looking at the Tour de France stuff. Yeah. No, you don't, Nana. Just as, as long as I mean, Howard's here, <laughs> you don't have to like, think about that. It's that bus principle. If he gets hit by a bus, our biggest, <laughs> right, right, right. Our biggest concern is who's going to cover the tour de France. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no. no. All right. Good job, everybody. So today's episode, 
We're talking about international stuff. We're talking about other countries, other languages. We're venturing out of our country. This week, we're going global. That's the airplane taking off. That's what that sounds like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. I get it. You know, no. I was going, yeah. yeah. It's always a good sign when a good sound effect, when you have to explain the sound effect afterward. That means you've really nailed it. Okay. So we love uh, our geography here at, at Good Job Brain. Uh, do comes we? up in, comes up, do we? Do we though? Uh, comes up <laughs> Comes up in trivia a lot, uh, and I started thinking about, well, what would be a fun uh, geography-related quiz? I've decided that we are going to do a quiz uh, on some of the countries that maybe don't get talked about so much. Yes, that's right. The top 10 tiniest countries in the world. Nice. It is going to be 10 questions. The answer to each question is going to be the name of the tiny country. Some of these are going to be easier than others. Uh, first, I'm going to start out so I don't get um, actually here. What is a country? The definition oh, yeah, yeah. of this. It is a sovereign entity with its own government and a defined land area. So don't give me this is a city state. That's a micro state. This is this. This is that. <laughs> it's a, it is sovereign. It, it runs its own affairs. It has its own government. And it's got a defined land area. That is what we're calling a country. Well, tiny's back. Tiny, you know, tiny houses, tiny living, tiny countries. Oh, and importantly, the size of the country is measured in land area, not population. Mm. Just to oh, be clear. okay. So once we come out of this, uh, we will have discussed the ten smallest countries in the world. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Question one. Question one. Are you buzzing in? Uh, yes, it's a buzz in quiz. Get your barnyard buzzers ready. Thank you for keeping me honest on that one, Dana. Question one. At just 0.49 square kilometers in area, what is the smallest country in the world? Uh, Karen? Vatican City. Vatican City! Vatican City. Population 825. It says city in the name. It says Mm -hmm. city in the name. Yeah, it's a city-state. It's a Um, city-state, which is sort of roughly defined as like, one city that runs it that runs its own affairs. But yes, it. it is a by definition of this quiz, it's a country, it's a sovereign entity, it has its own government, has a defined land area stuck right in the middle of Rome. Question number two. You can see this tiny country in the James Bond films, Never Say Never Again, and Goldeneye. Ooh. Uh Colin? Is that uh, Monaco? It's Monaco. Monaco. Monaco is the smallest country with a coastline. At about two square kilometers, it is approximately the size of Central Park. (laughs) No way. Yep. That's where, like, that's like all the gambling. It has the the, the Monte Carlo Casino. Yes. 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 Famously in the James Bond movies. Illegal for the actual residents, citizens of Monaco to go to that casino and to gamble. Yeah. So it's totally. Yep. They can't do it. Uh, tourism only. Number three, the next smallest country is the smallest island nation in the world, as well as the least visited nation in the world. Hmm. It is five letters. Oh, okay. Colin. Is that uh, a Nui? Nui? Uh, you are zeroing in on it, but I can't give you credit. Mm, yes, it, it okay. is five letters long and it starts with mm. an N. Karen. Mm. Well, maybe he's pronouncing it the right way. Is it? 
<laughs> I think it's he is sur- not. Sur- from Survivor. Naru. Oh, oh Naru. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. it. Karen, Karen's got it. Question four. The fourth smallest country gets about 12% of its gross national income from licensing the rights to use its universally popular top-level internet domain. Dana, Dana. Tuvalu. Tuvalu, which which fortuitously got the, yes, the top-level internet domain .tv, which everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Number five, the fifth smallest country in the world is one of the world's richest, ranking ninth in GDP per capita. Like Vatican City, it is also landlocked within Italy. Huh, I didn't know there's so many landlocked. I thought there were two. I thought it was like Vatican City and Lesotho in South Africa. Yes, in fact, there are three, and this is the other one. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Uh, Country within a country. Yeah, is it... Um, Dana. Does it begin with an M? Sort of. It's two word. It's two. It's a saint. It's a saint. San Marino. San Marino. San Marino. There you go. Mm. San Marino. Yep. They rich. Why are they so rich? I don't know, man. Rich people (laughs) just move there. Ask them. Yeah. 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 Just always done very well for themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good for them. Yeah. You sound like you're like, you sound like you're their aunt at like a family (laughs) gathering. You know, you know, Who's done really well for themselves is San Marino. Why can't you be more like your cousin, San Marino? (laughs) Number six. This tiny European country shares its name in pronunciation, but not exact spelling, with a famous American pop artist. Colin. That's a good good, uh, uh, clue. There's a a Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. The country Liechtenstein. Oh, the dots. The comic pop dots. That's the guy. Roy Roy, Roy Roy Liechtenstein. You said pop artist, and I was like, pink? And then it was not a country. Yeah, the country, Lady Gaga. Lick, lick. (laughs) Question seven. The seventh tiniest country. On March 1st, 1954, the United States detonated its largest nuclear device ever in a test on Bikini Atoll in this country. Oh, yes. Uh, Where is Bikini Atoll? Karen. It's like I've seen the map and I I know the flag and it looks like a like a like a U like a weird horseshoe. I think cool it's story, like, bro. <laughs> so, is it like not San Marino? Is it like Mar- uh, Marshall oh, Marshall, yeah, yeah. I- Marshall Island? Marshall Island. Yeah. Oh, That's it. There yeah. we go. Question eight. This is hard. You're getting them though. Yeah, this is good. You guys are getting them. Question eight. Dun da 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 dun 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 da da da. Alexander Hamilton was born on one of the two islands making up this tiny nation, the smallest in the Western Hemisphere. Colin, that is Saint Kitts and Nevis. Saint Kitts and Nevis. Wow, got it right on the nose. Job. There you go. Yes, this is yes. where going to Alexander Hamilton High School pays off for me. Yes. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> yes. Your slumdog millionaire uh, moment. Yeah, it was yeah. the 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 honor society was called the Nevians. The no. Nevians. Wow. And <laughs> so the only reason I know is because they had to explain to us what the heck Nevians means. Like, what is Nevians? Like, well, well somebody who's you a see- native. Of Nevis would have been a Nevian, and this, oh, okay, all right, I get it. Yeah. Uh, question nine, as we as we barrel towards the uh, the end here. Uh, question nine: the smallest country in Asia. It consists of one thousand one hundred ninety-two coral islands, and its primary industry is tourism. Huh. 
Yeah. Smallest country. In people, Asia. people go diving there to look at the coral, as you might imagine. Beautiful underwater. It's not. Yeah, like just a bunch of little Singapore islands. No. Mm-hmm. Smallest country in Asia. Yeah, when you started saying smallest, I was thinking yeah, Singapore. When I but... when I say it, you'll probably know it. Oh, it's yeah, just, it's like, the one that stumps boss. everybody. Yeah. There's like, uh, there's like. That's not. Yeah. What is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Maldives. The Maldives. Oh. Oh. I always see like airline ticket deals to there, but I I didn't know mm. where it was. Very, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And finally, question ten: A statue of a bird purportedly hailing from this nation was a central plot point in a famous 1941 film. Uh, Karen. Maltese Falcon, Malta. Yeah. Malta, Malta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, Malta, Malta, the 10th smallest country in the world. So basically, very good job, everybody. Whenever we do geography sort of stuff, uh, I'm always thinking, okay, when we have a list of something like this, I'm thinking, well, what's the mnemonic um, that we're going to use to remember this in the future? Now, I'm not saying I, I didn't, I'm not saying I spent a whole lot of time on this, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. somebody can't come up with something better. Maybe you can, but. Um, Here's the mnemonic, 10 tiniest countries from tiniest to, you know, moderately largest. And uh, I want you to just think about uh, a, a native uh, of, of one of these countries, a person from one of these countries who decides that they want to get out of their tiny country and they want to leave it and they want to, you know, go see the see the big world. Um, and the mnemonic is vacating my narrow, tiny state, leaving my small miniature motherland. Hmm, okay, that's very okay. poetic. Too bad there's a lot of ends. Narrow, There's a lot. I, you know what? Yeah, I just yeah. had to you do just, something about yeah, all yeah, the yeah, ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vacating my narrow, tiny state, leaving okay, my Vatican small miniature motherland. Vatican City, Monaco, Monaco Nauru, Tuvalu, San Marino, Marino. Liechtenstein. Uh, I gotta Mal- look this one up. Marshall, Marshall Islands, St. <laughs> Kitts and Nevis, Maldives, Malta. Man, a lot of M's. A lot of M's. A lot of you M's. Know, nothing I can do about I, it. Little Very class. Good job. I think you got yeah, nine out of good. ten for everybody. Yeah, yeah. little class yeah. for little countries. Little class. <laughs> Tiny claps. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. All right, next stop on our tour. We're flying out from (laughs) tiny countries, and now we're going into Colin. So sometimes I I read a story online that just comes comes to me, and I immediately know I want to share it with you guys, with the Good Job Brain crew. This was the headline of the article by uh, Andrew Chamings on SFGate from uh, a couple months ago. The bizarre tale of the world's last lost tourist who thought Maine was San Francisco. And I was like, oh, that, that's... I mean, I think back to like how we used to travel when I was a kid. My parents would go to the to the ticket agency and buy paper tickets and come home. I mean, whole different way of traveling, right? So in 1977, a man by the name of Erwin uh, Kreutz in Germany... Uh, He was single, no kids, 49 years old, had basically spent his his life savings on a trip 
for his birthday to the USA. He'd never taken a trip of this magnitude ever in his life. It was a big deal for him. So he booked his ticket to the West. He wanted to go see the West in San Francisco like he'd seen on TV <laughs> and, you know, just very romantic notions. So he gets on the plane. The plane comes over. And like a lot of international flights uh, did then and still do, you know, stop and refuel on the East Coast. Okay. His plane stopped in Bangor, Maine to refuel passengers if they wanted to. They could go and clear customs, get off, you know, stretch their legs, get something to eat, get oh, back on the plane, no. and then continue on to San Francisco and make it easier on the other end. So it also was a shift change for the flight attendants on Irwin's oh, flight. No. So now I, I should mention at this point that that Irwin Kreutz, by his own admission, was a very, very capable drinker. Uh, he he at one point said, <laughs> he at one point said, you know, I mean, if he was being truthful, who knows? He said at one point that he could drink 17 beers a day. Okay. I should note he worked for a brewery as well. <laughs> um, so, okay. This is, a, so, this is very much a, I didn't say you couldn't. I said you should. <laughs> I said you shouldn't. <laughs> so, Erwin is already in whatever state of mind, very tired. The plane stops, and <laughs> in what proved to be a very fateful moment, on her way off the plane, a flight attendant said to him, Have a nice time in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> and, and so, oh, no. So, Erwin gets off the plane, gets his bags, goes through customs. Exits the airport, gets in a taxi, and in his extremely, extremely limited English, says, take me to the city. And so the cab says, okay, great, you know, takes him, drops him in downtown Bangor. He, you know, he checks into the hotel. Again, again, like imagine just traveling now, just winging it, like the hotel. You're like, oh, no, I'll, I'll figure it out when I get off there. The plane. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, so he goes into town, right? So he checks into the Bangor House Hotel. Walks around town a little bit, you know, maybe starting to feel a little bit like, okay, this doesn't quite look like I imagined, but, you know, first, his first stop is looking for a bar. So he goes to a bar, gets a drink, goes back out walking around. He's starting to get a little perplexed now, okay, right? Because he's like, you know, he sees a couple Chinese restaurants and he's like, okay, well, I know they have Chinese restaurants in San Francisco, but nothing ever, nothing really looks like the San Francisco that he's seen on TV. So he's thinking, all right, well, maybe... Maybe I'm in a suburb, right? Okay, so maybe I'm, you know, I got to get like downtown to see all the stuff I've seen. So, so he, so he hails a cab again, you know, in his limited English. He asks the cab driver, "Take me to downtown San Francisco." And the cab driver, thinking he's, you know, just putting him on, just basically drives away and says, "You know, get lost, pal." So he's oh, like, okay. "All right." At, at this point, he realizes, you know, something's wrong, something's up. So he he goes back to the bar. He tries to just get some help from a waitress at the bar. It's just too much. You cannot, cannot get it across. But amazingly, luckily for him, the waitress had a neighbor who was a Czechoslovakian immigrant who spoke some German. They connect the two. So he couldn't speak any English. I mean, really in no English. He saw, he said he saw some, some hills and thought, okay, well, maybe I'm close. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I heard some hills on TV. So, uh, the neighbor Gertrude Romine. So she, she takes him into their home and word, you know, spreads immediately among sort of the, the, the networks there eventually to Bangor daily news. I mean, like eventually, I mean, like almost immediately the Bangor daily news gets wind of the story. Then it, it gets picked up nationally. Okay, the national news gets so wind like, of this. Look at this, this guy yeah, exactly, who doesn't know this, where he is. That's right. This man who's three thousand miles from where he thought he was going to. You know, just we want to adopt him and take him in. So again, <laughs> quoting quoting from this article I read. 
Within days, Kreutz became an honorary member of the Penobscot Indian Nation, had a folk song written about him, was thrown a 50th birthday party, was visited by the governor of Maine. Oh my God. And was gifted an acre of scrubland in the northern part of the state as kind of an act of a goodwill. As I hear you go, you now are a landowner of Maine. Um, the, uh, the Bangor Daily News compared him to the town seal who Kreutz kissed for a photo op. <laughs> <laughs> the Kreutz. Seal. Yeah, the town seal. You know, the Ir- town seal. That you know. <laughs> There's a photo of him with the uh, seal, you know, jumping through a hoop. Yeah. He's he, I can't believe he jumped through a hoop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I convinced him he was a seal in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, and you he, know. And he lives there to this day. He's like, as the yeah, seal. he's still in that pool, you know, bless his heart. <laughs> the Bangor Daily News. This is them. This is them writing. Erwin Kreutz met Andre the Seal. Andre. Andre the Seal Thursday morning. They must have a lot to talk about because they have a great deal in common. Neither speaks a word of English. Each ranks among the great communicators of our time. <gasps> Both are media events of the first order. I mean, mean. <laughs> I felt like that was a mean one. The so the San Francisco Examiner by this point had gotten wind, you know, of this was going on. And there so so talk started bubbling up that like maybe they might fly him out to San Francisco proper so he could actually you we know have seals uh, here too <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they were indulging him you know he he wanted to see an american jail so they took him to a jail in in uh, bangor. bangor yeah exactly so eventually uh the san francisco examiner did indeed pay to fly him out uh, extend his trip a little bit flew out to san francisco oh, oh. he wanted to he, see a jail i wonder if he wanted to go to alcatraz like that's what know, he was trying to tell them about oh no he had he had just said i think an american jail like you know yeah by this time by the time he got out to san francisco they're like well we got a one-up bangor right everything riding the cable cars yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's right he wanted to go see he went to see a rodeo with the cow palace wow eventually word got back to germany and so he got you know sort of a second wave of travel influencer before influencers <laughs> yeah. Yeah. truly yeah truly incredible truly incredible so he was you know basically due back at work eventually i mean like this is a trip for his birthday i mean it wasn't like you know he'd retired or something right so <laughs> there's a photo of him you know back at the airport like the airline made a very comically oversized luggage tag that they hung around his neck <laughs> And it says in German and English, it says, please let me off in Frankfurt. Oh my my God. And, you know, so then just the coda, I mean, sort of the double coda. So a year after this all went down, he came back to Bangor for a two week trip. Welcome. I mean, open arms. They there was like you know they had him opening a mall. I mean, it was sort of another big deal. It's like Erwin <laughs> so is back again. Yeah. Apparently, it turned out that he had gotten f- fired from his job back in. Um, <laughs> Back at the Schaller breweries. Yeah. Conflicting stories here. They say it was basically at like, cause at the peak of Oktoberfest, he was off, oh. you know, jet setting around America. He says they were trying to cash in on his newfound fame for themselves and make money off of him. And he basically asked for a cut of the profits and they, you know, fired him. Oh. So who knows? Who knows? He came back to Bangor one last time in 1979, two years later, again, I think trying to cash in this almost no 
reaction at this point. And I think he realized mm-hmm. like, okay, you know what? I, I probably should have left it after, <laughs> after just the, the two visits. Uh, and so he returned back to his life in Germany and, you know, basically dropped off the scene. In today's world, uh, there's a thousand different ways that this tragedy you know, could have would been have avoided not, along never the way. Happened. Yeah, yeah. It would not have happened. It would not have happened. You know, I mean, between heightened security, translation available on your smartphone, just everything going on. Uh, I don't think that this kind of story could ever happen again. The fact um, that back then people used to like get on the wrong flight, like yeah. that concept is just not not in my head right now. People would make that mistake today, but they just stop you from being able to do that because everything is barcoded, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 trackable. Uh, the final little button here on the story. Well into the 1980s, according to the tax collector for the very small town of St. Francis, Maine, well into the 80s, uh, the tax collector would send out the property dues. Because he owned this land, this tiny little bit of land, his acre. She would dutifully send out the dues, mail it all the way, and it would come back always. It? He was paying at least into the 1980s. Oh. Yeah, wow. he was still he was still paying on this little parcel of land so he could you know have his little... Footprint in America. I thought this yeah. was gonna. Turns out he owes a million dollars. Penalty after penalty. He's the biggest tax scofflaw in Maine history. <laughs> I appreciate right. him knowing when to wrap it up too. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, well, that was the 15 it. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Andre the Seal has his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andre the Seal is the the movie Andre the Seal. What? That movie with a uh, Tina, uh, the cute, the cute, the cute kid from uh, Karina Karina. There's, There's a movie Tina called Majorina. Andre the Seal. Yeah, it's called Andre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the nineties. Okay. So we laughed at the town seal, but he is—he's more famous. He's than us. more famous. <laughs> than <laughs> yeah. 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 Are any of us a town yeah. seal? <laughs> 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 wow. All right. Well, we've stopped at Bangor, Maine. And now we're going to jet off to Dana, where we're going. We're going back to Belgium. Whoa! I don't, yeah. Woo! Classic, good job brain segment, Belgium or not Belgium. This is from back in the day when our, when we kickstarted our podcast, we, yeah. we said we'd make a episode about our top uh, contributor, top patron. And that happened to be a person from Belgium. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I have to make Belgium trivia. And uh, basically the quiz is very, it's a very simple concept. All you have to do is say, is this trivia about Belgium or not about Belgium? And that's it. But it it can be quite difficult because it turns out we don't know very much about Belgium. Very little. Yeah. <laughs> or, th- yeah. or things. Or things. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, I think things. not all of them are related to Belgium, but some of them the, are. So the I mean, hard part is the, the psychological torture that we oh, yeah. go through. You know, <laughs> yeah. like Dana gets inside our heads. Like Belgian <laughs> waffles. Oh, is that really from Belgium or is it like a marketing ploy? So that kind of weird psychological uh, exactly. decision making is hard. You ready? All right. First one. Hosted a World's Fair. Is this Belgium Ooh. or not Belgium? That's got to be Belgium. It has to. Well, so yeah. it would be Brussels. It have to be. No. The city I, would be Brussels, right? Yeah, that, that would be my guess. I don't think I've ever. What do you mm, think? I say not Belgium. I say Belgium. It is Belgium. They actually hosted uh, several of them. Like, really? Of them or something. Yeah. How about uh, won the World Cup for soccer or football? If you're from Belgium, Ooh, have they ever FIFA. won a World Cup? Sure, 
Yes. I say yes. I say no. Not Belgium. Oh, really? Yeah, the best they've done is third at the 2018 tournament. How about originated the word spa? Oh. Oh. Spa. Man, you know what? I had, man, I had the origin of this word on a quiz at one point, and I cannot even be sure anymore. I love it. I'm going to say no. Not Belgium. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Yes. Belgium. (gasps) There's a town in Belgium called Spa. Mm-hmm. And they have spas there. <laughs> yeah, it came from Belgium. Um, how about has a famous fountain sculpture of a peeing boy in front of its grand palace? It's like Ooh. a big cultural landmark. I saw this in person. Where mm. was it? Oh no, I don't. <laughs> have, think have you ever I, gone to Belgium? It's Luxembourg. <laughs> I say. Uh, I'll say. I'll say no. No. Okay. Everybody says not Belgium, but it is Belgium. Ah. It's, called, it's called the mannequin piss sculpture. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's in front of the Grand Palace. And it's this Wikipedia says it's the best known symbol of the people of Brussels because it embodies their sense of humor and independence of mind. <laughs> <laughs> How about home to the Avanos Hair Museum, a museum that boasts over 16,000 samples of human hair? <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna. Museum. I know this is not Belgium because this is in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah, Belgium. Not not Belgium. This sounds like a like a like a Netherlands. It is not Belgium. It's in Turkey, and it is mm. something to behold. <laughs> you should look this up. Hair museum. Yeah. So the story is that um, there was a potter who lived in this, who worked from his little shop and his old friend uh, was leaving and he asked for something to remember her by and she gave him a lock of his hair and he displayed it in his shop. And then like other women left pieces of their hair and now like the shop is covered in pieces of hair, 16,000 samples of human hair. (laughs) (laughs) Those locks on the, on the Paris bridge. Right. Right. Or, you know, like some, some bars have like dollar bills like pinned in the yeah. ceiling or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah right that, but it's just human hair <laughs> taped to the wall <laughs> how about a uh, hot chocolate was invented here <sighs> i feel like this is a swiss on purpose oh. or accidentally i'm gonna yeah. say yes i'm gonna say yes Belgium. sure why this not this is a snow yeah. switzerland there are there are a good chocolate yeah, pot in this country swiss powdered hot chocolate <laughs> maybe all right, no, it's not Belgium. Mm. It was it was the Mayans or maybe even the Olmecs. Oh, oh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And then uh, the Spaniards brought it back to Europe. And there's also like it was on a list of Irish inventions, and I was like, really, Ireland invented it? But it turns out it was an Irish doctor who invented putting milk in hot chocolate to make it taste better. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> so yeah, yeah. 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 I invented that when I was six uh, yeah. years old. I, know. I didn't know. Invented adding milk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I was like, it was the Mayans. I don't yeah, think I can right. give credit. I invented stirring it with a spoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, one day I want to do a story about the hot chocolate houses, like when hot chocolate became a big thing in Europe. It was oh yeah, really interesting. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look forward to it. All right. Final one. The World Wide Web. <laughs> Is that from Belgium? Related to Belgium? I. Uh, why would you ask us this? <laughs> did someone add milk to CERN was a big part of the early internet so mm. I'm going to say I'm going to say no I'm going to say yes because you're Just, asking us I'll say yes why not Okay. 
it's it's half Belgian. So the few people who are credited with developing the World Wide Web are a British guy and a Belgian guy. Mm. And it, it was related to CERN, actually. Mm, You're right, yeah. Colin. I, oh, really? yeah. I told you, Dana gets in my head every time. Yeah, yeah. I play the mind game. <laughs> yeah, good job, y'all. All right, cool. all right. The hot chocolate. Yeah, of course. I mean, the oh, man, you got me. Yeah. Walked right into my little with, trap. With <laughs> <it>. Totally. <laughs> Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right, folks, since we're going global, um, I'm going to take your senses uh, on a global journey too, but this is a podcast, so it's 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 only the sense of hearing. Um, I'm bringing back uh, another installment of an international music round. Oh, uh, all right. How foreign cultures and languages play in our uh, predominantly U.S. Uh, English centric landscape of pop music. So we've done a quiz before of English songs uh, covered in foreign languages, and it got me thinking, like, what about the other way? Have there been any English songs that we know and love, and it turns out they originally were from another language? Oh, Um, okay. Sure, sure. Okay. So famous pop songs we know and love, and turns out they were released or performed uh, previously from another country in a different language. I'm going to be playing a clip of an original foreign language song, a non-English language song. And you have to identify what English language pop song came out of it. Okay. Okay. Um, But I'm also excluding songs that are by the same artist first released in one language, then they recorded it in English. So for example, no No, same artist. No no 99 Luftballon, 99 Red Balloons. No, exactly. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. These are songs that existed previously as a foreign language in a different country and then became a famous English language pop song. All right. So here we go. Number one. It's uh, Gloria by Laura Brennigan. Correct. Gloria. Gloria. Turns out it was the Italian song Gloria (laughs) Uh, by Umberto Tozzi, uh, Ah. originally an Italian song. Ah. 
I have to confess, when you said the theme of it, I was like, oh, I bet Gloria is going to be on this. I love that. Oh, so you knew. Oh, I listened I to no a whole podcast about it. About <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Next one. Parigiana festa. Che bella cosa in a giornata e sol. Manna tu sole. Colin. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the pop reimagination was that it's now or never. Yes, uh, now by, or never. Yeah, I, Elvis among other people. Elvis Presley, <laughs> now or never, based on uh, you know, I, I'm I'm sure the classical nerds know this is this is a old solo mio, mm. um, famously mm-hmm. a famous operatic song, but yeah, turned into a pop song uh, recorded by the king himself. It's now or never. I don't think I ever connected that. Yeah. I did not either. <laughs> I, that actually just came up in a crossword puzzle that I did. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. The last one. Try not to sing along. Well, I guess you can't. It's in French. But Don't uh, boss me. <laughs> here we go. Je relève mon comme Comme d'habitude, toute la journée, je vais jouer à faire semblant. Comme d'habitude, je fais sourire. Comme d'habitude, je fais même rire. Comme d'habitude. Everybody! My way. My, my way. Originally, wow. French song. I did not know that. That's incredible. Claude Francois, uh, title of the song is Come d'habitude, which is a- as usual. Huh. Huh. Responsible for more karaoke murders. Yes. <laughs> In the Philippines. Than any other, <laughs> any other song. Yes. 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 Yep. Yes. Yep. My way. Sadly, killings. Uh, yeah, I wish uh, I were joking. This song in karaoke sparks a lot of violence. People thinking the person who's singing is not good enough or not singing it well enough. <laughs> and they, it makes them angry because yeah. it is a classic. Oh, and then we should say, I mean, at, not to be too obvious, as made famous by Frank Sinatra. Yes. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like such a Sin- Sinatra tune. Like it oh was my like gosh. I mean, made for him. Other other uh, songs not in this quiz that I just did uh, include that we we played before uh, Sukiyaki yeah uh, yeah and then also La Mer with Bobby Darin Beyond the Sea was also originally in French oh really yeah, yeah. yeah I was listening to that song I was like what a cool song it is, it is very a uh, French sounding song so mm-hmm. part two I have a part two quiz so in the last couple of years related to this uh, um, I've become quite a big fan of a Korean boy group BTS. And they have been smashing records left and right. And I think the times have shifted as we just did this quiz. They're all older songs. And I think we lived in a time where maybe having a foreign language pop song 
was was a little bit too new. But nowadays, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I think populations have been globalized. I think, mm-hmm. you know, having a, a song, a pop song that is in a different language doesn't seem that unusual mm-hmm. to us. Here's my part two of the quiz. Since 1986, there has been five non-English songs that have hit Billboard number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, not top ten, number one Billboard. Okay. You guys will work together. I will give you the years okay. um, uh-huh. and, and try to identify what okay. these non-English songs hit number one on the Billboard charts. So okay. here are the years. Okay. Uh-huh. 2020. Okay. 2017. Mm-hmm. 1996. Mm, interesting. Oh, 1987 uh-huh. and 1986. I have a guess for 96. So why are you guys together? Yeah. Oh, okay. Macarena, maybe? Macarena? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Macarena okay. for 96. I bet it's Macarena for 96. 2017 was Gangnam Style. Oh, yes. Okay, I could see that. 87 non English song hits number one. I, I was thinking Feliz Navidad maybe is one of these 86, 87. Mm, but he sings, there's part of it Billboard. is in English. Oh, yeah. you're right. He does sing it in English. So, so some of these songs have like English phrases predominantly in a, in a foreign mm-hmm. language. Mm, okay. 86 and 87. 80s, like Spanish language stuff was kind of getting big. You know, is mm-hmm. it like Gloria Estefan, Miami yeah. Sound Machine, is it something like that? Is it like... Mm. Might in these five way. songs, three it's three different languages are represented. Oh, so we is, have oh, is one of them... we have Spanish, we have Korean, and we have German. Is it Rock Me Amadeus? Could that be? Well, you, guys gotta, you guys have to lock down your answers. Oh, I thought we were doing this right, as right, a right. team. We're doing this as a team, but Karen's not on the team. You guys um, are correct for 1986. Uh-huh. It was Falco ah, Rock Me Amadeus. Right. The only oh, okay. English parts he says is Rock Me. Uh, 1996, you guys got right. It is indeed the Macarena. Okay. Mm. Um, 2017, you haven't gotten, and 2020, mm, you haven't gotten. Okay. Oh, so it's, it's not, not Gangnam English. Style. Not Gangnam not style. style. Maybe that was too. That actually yeah. hit number two. Oh. But not number oh. One. oh. oh. All right. Wow. Okay. 2020. Man, I feel like I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Is it- okay, so they're okay, but it is in Korean. The the song is in Korean. 2020 is a Korean song. Uh-huh. 2017 is a Spanish song, and 1987 is a Spanish song. Made famous uh, for a oh, particular reason, because of a movie uh, came Because a movie came out in 1987. Oh, okay. La Bamba. Yes! Oh, it is! Great, great Like Macarena, La Bamba, they're songs that already existed before, but to be released yeah. as a single, it got yeah. made famous. I'm, I'm at a loss for 2020, 2017. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, yeah. Is it, uh, is it Despacito? It is Despacito. <laughs> oh, okay. 2017. And 2020, people might think it's Dynamite by BTS, but Dynamite is a full English song. It is Life Goes On by BTS, which oh, okay. is the song that came wow. okay. Good job. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. 
Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. Colin, we're, we're flying to you for our final destination. But not the horror right. movie because that's really scary. All right. <laughs> so you know we joke around a lot on Good Job Rant, guys. But you know I think it's time to get serious <laughs> here for a moment. In addition to the yucks and the laughs, you know we we have a mission which is to help people play pub quiz. To that end, I was trying to work on a good mnemonic for us for a particular piece of trivia. Karen, I think you introduced me to this term uh, a few years ago when we were playing pub quiz regularly of uh, in in geography pub quiz circles, the seven stands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. So these these would be the seven countries whose name ends in S-T-A-N. There are seven of them. I'll give you that part. Karen told me at one point the mnemonic just the seven Seven stands and it's stuck in my head like the seven dwarves. Uh, so I want you guys to work as a team here. So one of the things that you know they love to do with us in pub quiz is they'll give us like uh, you know there are seven of these. I'll give you one point for each correct answer, kind of thing. We get those a lot in pub quiz. So I want you guys to work together. Mm-hmm. Karen maybe can name all seven of them. Ah, Karen, yeah, right, okay, your eyes are so big. I, I, yeah. I, that's why I, I started. I started writing it down to see if I can do it. Oh uh, well, so you okay? You spoiled a little bit here. I was going to put you guys on the clock. I was going to give you oh, one minute oh, to see how many you oh, could sorry. come up with. That's okay. It's all right. We're we're all friends here. So. I'm I'm going to give you guys one minute here, and I want you to see collectively how many of these seven, yeah, yeah, how many of the seven countries whose name ends in S-T-A-N, Stan or Stan, uh, Mm -hmm. how many of them you can name? So I will say ready and go. Pakistan. Yeah. Afghanistan. Yeah. Turkmenistan. Uzbekistan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Kazakhstan. Uh, Yes. One left. You've named six out of seven, guys, and uh, you've only burned uh, 16 seconds. Um, T- Tajikistan. Yes, oh, yeah. Karen. Yeah, got it. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Good job, wow. guys. Good job. Uh, 37 seconds left on the Just clock. showing my work here to the <laughs> I, camera. I, I, I believe Oh, no one you. can see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, great. So, yes. So, to review very quickly, that's Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan. Now, there's some great trivia in and among all of these countries. Uh, they all border one another. They form a little cluster. Oh. A cluster. Yeah, so the, the, there, there's a, a, a good little chunk of stands, basically, there. Most of them are landlocked, strictly speaking. Now, depending on how you count the Caspian Sea as a lake yeah, or as a, a, lake. A, as a proper sea or not, yeah, it's, it's considered a lake by most authorities. Turkmenistan and Kazakhstan also landlocked. Here's some good trivia. Uzbekistan is not just landlocked. It is stanlocked. It is surrounded oh. entirely. <laughs> it's surrounded entirely by other stands. Uh, yeah, stanlocked. It's stanlocked. Uh, yes, Uzbekistan. You said, no, you said no jokes or laughter. You <laughs> hit us with stanlocked. <laughs> Uh, along, so here's another one. So we'll b- bring it back to uh, Liechtenstein earlier in the show. So along with Liechtenstein, Uzbekistan is one of only two doubly 
landlocked, landlocked. country. Yeah, meaning mm. you'd have to cross two borders to get to uh, an ocean. Depending on how you count the Caspian. Stan, what does Stan mean? Does Stan mean land? It, it, broadly, yeah. So in it, right, yeah, it does. In 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 Persian and Urdu, it means place of, yeah, you know, like, or yeah, yeah, land, place where one stands. Yeah, it's it's just basically the equivalent of you know land in so many of our land countries. Yeah. Okay, so Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan. How can we remember these seven stands? So that is A K K P T T U if you go in alphabetical order. So here's the mnemonic I came up that I am very proud of. I, right. I, I spent some time on this. This is not just a good mnemonic. This is also good advice. <laughs> if okay. you want to go fly a kite, always keep kites pointing their tops up. Oh, that's a good one. Always. Always, always keep kites, kites pointing, pointing their, their tops, tops up. up. And that will at least get you to the seven letters. And hopefully you can, you know, (laughs) hook your way in there from there. Yeah. So I'm I'm never going to ever forget these again because I'm going to remember that one. Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan. Yeah. That's really good. All right. Well, thank you. I had a lot of fun putting that one together. Yeah. And if you guys are curious, uh, not that you asked, the reason I keep mentioning, depending on how you count the Caspian Sea. Uh, so the Caspian Sea, if you look on a map, it, it, it's enormous. It's huge. Uh, but it is technically a lake because it doesn't it doesn't drain out to the ocean. You oh, know, okay. it's, it's yeah, it's based. But the reason that it's sort of contentious in political circles is because the rules of oil and mineral rights are different for lakes and proper seas okay so they want it counted as a sea so some countries the countries with the long coastlines Uh, want it counted as a sea because then they get proportionally more access as opposed to if you have a tiny little coastline where you just divvy it up evenly with all the countries that border it yeah a little sneaky stuff there so you guys did pretty good there good job and i hope i really hope that somewhere someone listening to the show has pub quiz tonight and they asked you about the seven stands. On Zoom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where people you can cheat and Google anyways. Send me a dollar oh, if they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bitter about that. that I, guys- I told you guys, someone, someone sound hounded music quiz or, or you, know, uh, 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 you know, shazammed it. And it was like, what's the point? No shame. No right. shame. Right. What a waste yeah. of everybody's time. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys, listeners, uh, for listening. Hope you learned stuff about tiny countries, about Belgium, about foreign language songs, and about Snow White and the Seven Stands. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Audible, and on all podcast apps. And on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Why are, we, why are we waving? We I don't know. I, yeah. it's like, this is it's the like dumbest thing. I've stopped. I've, I've tried to stop you this in Zoom. The hard meeting. part is waving, and on okay. Zoom you have to press leave meeting. I know, and then everyone like wave and like look. They double check on Zoom. Like, are you sure you want sure, to leave the meeting? So it's just you're still yeah. It's oh just no! Awkward. So like you're like, 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 yeah. your face like is... after pretend your screen froze. <laughs> Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
my guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.